0: Love Talk
1: Radio. Hi, guys, this is Rob Thrasher. Um, I do a, a show called Cyber Village Spotlight. We try to put the spotlight on people um, all over the country, really. We look at entrepreneurs and authors and we try to get people together and talk about things and just analyze like, what gets people successful, whether it's a book author or um, an entrepreneur. They all kind of have these things in, in common. Um, I have someone on line four, if you could just hold on for one second, uh, in the 315 area code. And so what I'm going to do is introduce, we have uh, three of the four authors right now. Uh, we're going to start on line one. We have John DeBacus And uh, John, if you want to just go ahead and give a quick bio, I met John a while back. We set up some what I call Central New York book tours up here in the area, and it was um, complicated, but fun, and we got to do uh, things for the um, for a local group of businesses, and it ended up being uh, a pretty good idea. Um, John, go ahead and give yourself a quick intro
2: there. Uh, thanks, Rob. I'm John DeDakis. I'm a copy editor on the uh, Situation Room at CNN that uh, Wolf Blitzer anchors, and I'm the author of the mystery suspense novel Fast Track by Arcabooks. It's a story of a young woman trying to figure out what to do with her life. And it's got uh, some sub themes of uh, suicide, mentoring relationships, uh, journalism. Uh, there's some politics in it. And, um, and so I do that on the side. Got a second book in the series coming out in a few months. And I'm working on the third one
0: now.
1: Great. Um... John and I met, of course, actually all the authors here today. We all met through what I call Cyber Village Authors. It's one of my websites. You can meet any one of these authors on the show, um, or you can meet, there's tons of other authors, published, some published, some not published. Some are just aspiring authors. Uh, on line two, we have Lou. Lou and I just met recently. I sent out a, a query out on Cyber Village authors, to authors for this panel, and Lou replied, and I saw her read her bio, and I was really excited about it. You can just go ahead, Lou, and give your short intro.
0: Well, wow, thanks. My my dog's just erupted in barking. Is uh, that yeah, what they want? <laughs> yeah, there's a mini poodle and a, and a border collie, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm cooking potatoes while I'm doing all of this. Anyway, yeah, thanks very much, Rob, for having me on. Uh, my name is Lou Allen. That's Allen with an I uh really easy to find me for debt collecting that kind of thing <laughs> I uh I was uh, ra- uh, born in Toronto and raised in Ohio and ended up in northern Ontario uh looking for a job uh, and I stayed there for about 30 years this is uh Sudbury it's actually about parallel with northern Michigan Uh, in the Sault Ste. Marie, so it's about that far north, like it's not the Arctic or anything like that. Uh, I just retired from there uh, a few years ago, and I moved out here to Vancouver Island. Uh, Vancouver Island is not Vancouver. It's uh, across from the great city of Vancouver. It's an island in itself. I am the uh, author of five uh, mystery novels in a series set in northern Ontario, I uh, started that in 2000, and since I moved here to the island, I'm um, starting a new series uh, set right where I am, uh, Where the Rainforest Meets the Sea.
1: There you go. Would we call that God's country? <laughs>
0: oh, my God. Well, we've been having uh, the wrath of God with the rains lately. I guess, you, you know, you've heard about the Seattle area kind of getting right. the same thing. Yeah. But no God. snow, so, you know, that's that's why uh, we like it here.
1: Oh, uh, don't even say the S word. All
0: uh-huh. I know. Um,
1: my, yeah, I have Teresa Jensen. Let um, me see. Teresa and I did a show one time already for Spotlight, and we just talked about things that she was doing and kind of what led her down the, the path to become an author, a published author. Um, Chicken Soup for the Soul is probably the most popular thing you've heard of that she's contributed to. I think you said eight articles, right, Teresa? You go ahead and start your intro, Teresa.
3: Uh, oh. <laughs> Lou, get your dogs quiet. I,
0: well, I can't help it. Somebody's coming home. But go oh, ahead. I'll cover oh, this that's up. That's all
3: right. That's all right. I've got a mm-hmm. house full here also. Um, I I do have eight stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, books, and one of mine was chosen to be um, one of their their 15th anniversary edition uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, our 101 best stories. They uh, chose one of mine out of almost 16,000 stories in the Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, book series. Wow. So I, you know, I felt like I won the lottery on that one. That was pretty cool. But um, besides my a Chicken Soup for the Soul stories, I uh, write quite a bit about Native American history because I'm of Native American descent, and I have a, a history-outside-the-box kind of a book series called Lacey's Amazing America, I'm working now on uh, Amazing Alabama and Amazing Florida concurrently. And I have out Amazing North Carolina, Amazing Texas, and Amazing Tennessee. And uh, I'm working on the second in a series, a young adult novel. Uh, The first one was called Growing Season. This one's Growing Season 2, Dolphin Summer. And uh, the first one, Growing Season, is about aviation. So I'm the perennial tourist. I've I'm not really from anywhere, but I'm from everywhere. So, uh, wherever I am, I explore it, and I'm very curious. And and people who know me would agree I'm curious. (laughs) So, um, I think that's part and parcel of being a writer, though, is to be open to all kinds of new experiences and traveling and just sights and sounds and putting a lot of that goes into all of the things we write, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely, I, I think that one of the things that leads people to write is they they are the kind of a learner kind of you know kind of mentality that they just want to know more and more and more and then before you know it something's got to come back out to the other side so you write about it. Um, I think that's really one thing that everybody has in common who does write is what I'm finding. And then uh, let's see what do we have on line four? I just realized this might be uh, this might be Denny because he might be in the same area code as me. I thought it might have been a local caller. Is that you, Dennis?
4: That's me, the missing author.
1: <laughs> ah, there you go. How you doing, Rob? Pretty good. How you doing?
4: I got to tell you, I've been listening to the intros here, and a very impressive uh, panel you have.
1: It's an awesome panel. I'm very happy with this panel. Yeah, and and do do and, and again, you forget about. I'm not going to say the name one more time right now. I'll say it again <laughs> later and pump that a little more. But honestly, just due to strictly social networking, really. Um, mostly internet-based networking. Now, I know that you and I, um, you go by Denny, right, Dennis? Yes. Yeah, Denny and I actually have someone else in common who writes up here in the upstate New York area. And um, uh, just, but mostly the connections have been online, really. We never really had a a phone call to speak of or anything like that. So, um, Denny, go ahead and give your intro there.
4: Yes, my name's Denny Griffin, and I write mystery, thriller, fiction, and Nonfiction or about Las Vegas police and organized crime history. And I'm glad to make the acquaintance of the rest of the panel.
0: Awesome.
1: And um, the way that I think we're going to start it is um, kind of the concept here that I'm working on is to give people who might just be starting to think about writing a book, we want to give them the sort of everything, you know, the pros and cons. I don't want to pretend like it's, it's an easy life. Everybody sees somebody who's been published and says, um, "I don't know." It's kind of like the overnight success thing, where that overnight really took ten years, kind of a thing. Um, and a lot of writers who even have you know some degree of uh, some degree of success or a large degree of success, a lot of times they still have nine to five jobs. No matter whether they're published or they're writing their fourth or fifth book or whatever. So I want to kind of talk about the whole, you know, the whole the whole thing. Like I say, from the beginning. What should I write about? I've, I've noticed that a lot of people, and again, I mentioned the fact that a lot of writers are, are people who are kind of self-teachers, and and they like to learn things, um, whether that's a PhD like Lou or you know um, whatever it is. There's there's a lot that they have in common, but then they they kind of split off into different sort of things that maybe they've specialized in. Like Danny's background is investigations for New York State. Now he's writing about. Um, You know, about mobsters, and what was it, Dennis, uh, Los Angeles, and and Chicago-based mobster type of stuff, and I'd like to talk more about that, too, because that's kind of interesting, just to see, like, kind of how much of a mix of fact and fiction is it, that's kind of intriguing to me, but, so let's start out, um, we'll go line by line, line one, we have John, John, what would you say, like, from the very beginnings of, like, what somebody should write about, um, kind of, like, before they start writing, before they put the pen to paper? I mean, the answer might sometimes is that they, they, after they put the pen to paper, they decide what they're writing about. I don't know. What do you think?
2: Well, yeah, I think every, I think it really comes down to everybody's different, and they have to kind of uh, uh, find their own way. But one of the common threads, I think, uh, and it would be interesting to see if the other panelists agree, is that you really need to write what you know. You have to write a lot out of your own personal experience. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, in a nonfiction way, but you'll find that you'll be writing at your best when you're writing about something that's familiar that uh, that comes more from inside in my case i've I've been a journalist for the last forty years or so, but uh, and so a lot of the backdrop of my story of my story deals with uh, journalistic uh, themes. Uh, the the main idea for this the the first book I wrote uh, Fast Track had to do with uh, I, w- I was doing a writing exercise you mentioned that uh, you know we we sort of teach ourselves and in my case I was uh, just sort of learning as I go learning about different genres learning about you know how to do dialogue learning you know the different aspects of writing and in, in this particular case I was doing a a, a practice exercise on a personal experience. And I was doing a very factual uh, account of a car train collision I witnessed as a as a kid. I wow. was on a tr- I was on a train when uh, uh, somebody strayed onto the tracks. A car uh, 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 probably was oblivious to the train that was coming, and went right in front of us. And I was up in the dome car near the front of the train, and saw the whole thing. And uh, to my astonishment, so here I am writing about it, and what. What and it's interesting because when you're writing, your subconscious, you're, you're ba- you're, it's almost like a direct line to your subconscious, and you start to write down things that uh, or think about things that maybe had been suppressed for a long time. For a long time, in my case, uh, in th- when the train stopped and the accident was being cleaned up. Uh, I was talking to a woman who said, "Well, I'll um, I'll mail you a newspaper clipping about the accident so that you can find out more about what happened." Well, 40 years later, I'm still waiting for the newspaper clipping, uh, and, there, and so I never really knew much about the accident. But I remember right. as I was writing this exercise, uh, thinking about a, a radio news report that I'd heard about the same time as this accident back in 1959, about a car train collision in which an infant survived. And I began oh, wow. to wonder, what would it be like if an infant had survived uh, this crash and had gone back to try to find out more about her background? And that's really the beginning uh, of uh, of the book. It's not about this accident, but it's a, you start to play the game of what if. So that's you know, I don't need to go any further with that, and others can probably chime in, but I, that's at least one way to identify what your story might be about, what you're interested in, what you know about, and then just start experimenting.
1: Right. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty good. Um, line two, Lou, do you have anything to add to that?
0: Well, wow, that just about says most of it. I was going to try to be real mavericky here because I'm up by Alaska <laughs> and say that I... Oops, I can see Russia here. No, wait, it's <laughs> Washington.
3: Uh, uh,
0: I was going to say, it's not don't write what you know. It's just that people misinterpret write what you know to mean you can't learn anything. And, of course, you can learn anything you want to learn, you know, sure. either by actually doing it, like going up in a helicopter, seeing how the pedals work and, you know, how the ever hell you work a helicopter, or reading about it and sort of faking a little bit of that. Now um and I think the other comment made the idea what if, that is just such an important combination of words because anyone who has writer's block hasn't been saying those words. <laughs> what if? And or as somebody said when I sent them a couple of chapters well, what happens now? Where's the rest of the story? Because I had just given them a bit. And I thought, oh, is that ever a compliment? Because, you know, I've made her want to find out. Now, I have lived in a couple really different kinds of places, and I'm the kind of person, when I write fiction, I really have to set it there. So when I moved up to northern Ontario and started experiencing this minus 30, minus 35, minus 40 degree cold and the kinds of things, that the impact it made on your life, uh, I ended up holing up for a lot of months in a little cabin uh, in in between going to work. And I guess that's what gave me some of the inspiration to start writing, because I thought, what a great setting this is, you know. And, oh, there's a snowmobile. What would happen if you know, a snowmobile went down and somebody made it try to look like an accident when it was really murder. Mm. So I guess uh, you know, that's what I'm trying to say and um you you have to have that curiosity to to keep saying what if.
1: Absolutely. I, I think that's also what makes the stories fun that are like you just basically took a a fact and and went ahead into a fictional kind of a what if and i think that's what makes stories go i have always enjoyed stories that start out with a factual scenario and you end up with a thousand what ifs to go a thousand different ways mm-hmm. that's awesome. awesome line uh three Teresa. what do you think about that
3: hey i gosh i I'm a, i can only try to expound upon the great things that john and lou said first of all though i'd like to say lou i think and john i think we're kindred spirits and you too denny I, Um, I was born in Alaska, and so I know what you're talking about, Uh 40 below, and uh, a lot of my background has been journalistic. Um, I've published a little bit more than 700 articles for newspapers and magazines, so I know um, you learn to write tight. And you don't write mm-hmm. any – I mean, have I have great impatience with people who write fluffy stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and then uh, Denny, you know, one of my characters in, in one of my murder mysteries I'm working on is uh, – one of the characters, or two actually, are in the Mafia. So I was thinking, oh, I need to pick his brain. One <laughs> <every day."> <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, about, let's see, what if and inspiration and things like that. Uh, I think it is, to a certain extent, uh, write what what you know, but also write what you want to know, mm-hmm. kind of like what you're curious about, as in the what if. Um, f- like for the novel growing season, I had begun this novel, not sure exactly where I wanted to go with it, but I knew the basic plot. And um, I began taking flying lessons in exchange for um, uh, if, if I'd help work on the planes. so And it was a freebie kind of thing, and I was sitting uh, just at the... On the ground by one of the planes that does aerobatics and all that stuff, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, there's the story here, so sometimes your story is right underneath your nose literally um right. and, and so it just kind of worked its way in to the to the story and actually became the main theme of the story so <laughs> that's it if you're open to all this uh you're, the stories will find you
1: right right, right, right. Uh, I got to imagine Danny sitting there like He's like the student that just put his hand down because everybody took his answer. <laughs> oh, we'll go ahead and. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll go ahead and. How about this, Benny? Any experience up north? Up to, since we're talking about Alaska. <laughs> I, by the way, did live in Newfoundland for two years, so we can Ooh. talk about that later. Wow.
4: <laughs> uh, actually, uh, you're right. I, I agree with everything that's been said. Some excellent points have been made. Uh, I would add, and I hope this is an appropriate answer. To your question ah, sure. um, I but rebe- I was very naive when I started writing my first book, I, my first manuscript. I had a story I wanted to tell. I had never written anything before, but reports. I had no experience in writing, and I didn't my vision of writing at that time or being an author was you get your ideas, your your story on paper, you uh, send out a couple of queries or whatever, then you kind of kick back and wait for the people, the publishers and agents and stuff, to start pounding your door down (laughs) wanting to sign you.
2: That's certainly naive. (laughs) Very (laughs) extremely.
4: And it really disappointed to me, because I made my living for several years as an investigator, and I fancied myself as being quite thorough. But I really dropped the ball on this. I did not research the business of writing. And if I had it to do over again, I could have saved myself a lot of misery and grief, had I researched and realized that writing, the business of writing, wasn't what I envisioned it to be. And that marketing, at least in my opinion, is every bit as important as the manuscript. And no matter how good your story is, if nobody knows about it, nobody reads it, it's basically worthless. So uh, I've learned the hard way over the years, a lot of things with the Internet and so forth that I could have done ahead of time. And been better prepared. So I, I think uh, I wasted a lot of time and a lot of effort that wasn't I didn't necessarily have to waste had I done a better job of, right. of research and and writing prior to putting pen to paper or finger to keyboard.
1: And, and and that's a great great point and and I think it's one that everybody. I mean I mean it's it's not you know. Everybody misses the point about, listen, there's a business side to everything. I don't care what you think you're going to do. I don't care what you're writing or how great it is or what it is or, or, you know, the whole point of the matter is that unless you get enough eyeballs on it, you're not going to sell as many widgets as the next guy or books or whatever it is that you're looking to do. Teresa, and I talked about this a little bit as well, it's just the whole business side of things, which nobody wants to really do. I mean – Let's face it, you guys all have other things to do than be talking on the radio right now, and everybody really has other things to do. You'd rather be writing. Who wouldn't? You know, the artist would rather be drawing something or writing something, not uh, not trying to – I mean, not be, spreading the word can be fun, too, but um, maybe that's where we'll go next, actually, and um, Denny, we'll start with you this time and go in reverse order, and then okay. – John Dedakus gets stuck with, with, with <laughs> <I'll back laughs> the it after everybody taking a shot at it. Sorry,
2: John <laughs> I'll deal with it.
1: <laughs> so, um so let's talk a little bit about that. And again, this is the kind of thing people don't want to hear about. But everything has a business side, everything has a marketing side, everything has um, you know, I've talked in the past about well, everybody does book signings. Well, okay, so Kind of, there's a pattern there of success where book signings bring people. They have a pre-established set of people who come to see the book. They people buy the book and they get a value add of the signature and all that stuff. And it's it's got a kind of a predefined notion that this is what successful authors do. But at the same time, every single other author in your community or wherever they are are trying to get into that store to do the same thing. So, um, in in essence, there's like you had said, Denny, there's Obviously, Internet, there's this, Block Talk Radio. There's, as everybody knows, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of, of networks and social networks and Authors Den, which is where I started out, um, and all these different things. But let's talk a, a little bit about maybe some innovative things on the business side, whether that would be, you know, something clever you do to to, um, to pitch the book to a publisher. Um, I already, I, I kind of already know Teresa's answer, but I'd like to talk about that again as well, Teresa. With you is, is something that you've done. Like maybe you just picked up a phone and you broke all the rules in the book and you called somebody, and that's what Teresa's will be. And I apologize for that, Teresa. But I'd like you to talk about that after Danny gives his answer. Um, and and also, I'd also like to interview every one of you individually at some point as well, and do a, a big kind of a bigger interview um, about each one of you individually and these kind of little successful things you've done Mm -hmm. to get attention to the book. But, uh, Danny, do you have uh, anything to add to that?
4: Yeah, well, uh, one other thing I'd like to add to my previous answer, if I could, is that I was very surprised and uh, shocked, I guess, because I considered writing to be kind of a benign business. And I didn't realize the sharks are in the water. Uh, you can very easily get scammed if you're not careful by uh uh sham publishing schemes oh, and sure. agents yeah. and so forth so you really have to be on your toes and uh, right. these people that try to get you know how to play the game they know how to puff you up and uh and and, and really uh, really play you like a like a harp
1: so uh yeah. give it, me 1000 dollars and i'll sign you <laughs>
4: Absolutely,
1: absolutely. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And, like, wait a minute.
2: Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, ahead, Daniel. As, as,
4: uh, as far as the promo uh, marketing piece, I found, I, I, as I was learning about writing, learning that once I had the book published, I, I then had to get out and hustle and try to get the book out there and get my name uh, known. I realized that, I think as John mentioned uh, earlier, everyone's different. And I don't believe there's a one size fits all marketing plan. Right. I think we have to play to our strengths and do what we're comfortable with. And uh, for example, I, I met a lady through a writer's group I belong to, and she had great success and really enjoyed going to a shopping center, shopping malls. And uh, this was out in Vegas where the weather was usually fairly decent. And uh, she would intercept people coming out of or going into the stores and strike up a conversation. And she had books in her trunk, and um, she would talk to them and eventually get around to her book. And uh, she said she sold a lot of books out of the trunk of her car in these settings. Now, and and that's great, but that wouldn't fit me. I wouldn't be able to do that comfortably. Uh,
0: right.
4: I prefer, you mentioned a little while ago, book signings. I think they're great, but I have better luck if I don't do a straight book signing if I have a talk. Right, uh, right. And then a signing afterward. But again, it's each individual person. And what I found when I was researching for my uh, nonfiction's, I contacted several members of the media, who had covered the organized crime days. I was was writing about the Tony Spilatro era, the the casino movie time frame in the 70s and up to the mid-80s. And I contacted, some were still active, others were retired newspaper reporters, TV reporters, and so forth who had covered these these individuals and the various trials and incidents. And um, not only were they obviously very helpful, but when my book was published, I got tremendous free publicity uh, through that. I hadn't intended; that wasn't my intent to begin with, but it turned out to work to my advantage not only in getting information for the book, but when the book came out, these uh, these same reporters or former reporters uh, read it and were quite excited about the accuracy and made comments uh, in various places. So that turned out to be a very good move on my part, even though it wasn't really intentional or for that purpose when I did it. And I've become um, become kind of the go-to guy now for people looking for information about organized crime, the the Spolatro years in Las Vegas, or about police history. And even though I never worked as a cop in Las Vegas... Uh, I've met a lot of the people who did. I know how to get a hold of them. I've got a good rapport with these various sources. So, when, uh, for example, I get a lot of calls from people doing documentaries, and they want to know if they can get a hold of a former FBI agent or a former mobster or a former cop. And wow. I always, I don't give out the contact information, but I always contact on their behalf to see if the uh, source is willing to be interviewed or willing to talk to the uh, to the journalist and I find that that is very helpful when when you when I'm cooperative I get cooperation the other way so uh, if somebody needs a favor from me and I'm in a position to do it I will and sometime down the road a lot of you know it'll it'll come back where uh, that same person can give me a hand with something so I think that's also important uh, and even if you achieve success uh, you, I think you have to still be a good person and and do what you can to help others. Because I, I know when I joined writers' groups, usually I was the rookie, and I was trying to learn. And some of the people who had been there, done that, would give me advice and give me counseling as, as to what I should do or shouldn't do or who I should contact. And now that I've had a few books published, I still belong to these writers' groups, you know, I'm the guy that knows a few things and has learned a few things, and I always try to share that with with the newcomers. And I, I think, you know, what goes around comes around, and I'm very comfortable with doing that.
1: Sure. Kind of paying it back to the to the society sort of a thing. And, and the mentoring thing, you can't beat that, even if it's from a, a networking standpoint. You know, you want to... Um, pick somebody's brain about, you know, whatever, mobsters. <laughs> <Yes>. Or uh, <laughs> Teresa had said she's got one in her story. Maybe she wants to pick your brain about that kind of thing. But, but yeah, the mentoring is good for all that sort of stuff. It's great for networking as well. Um, line three. Now, Teresa, do you have anything to add to that?
3: Well, just a comment that it sounds like Denny's approach is uh, he's going to make them an offer that they can't refuse. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> But um, well, as, as far as I go, let's see. Publicity. Um, you wanted to me to talk about the my Native American books. I actually got started, got my foot in the door with those first. Those are my first books um, that I, for which I got uh, book contracts from uh, publishers. But. I was actually doing genealogical research and I discovered that many of the writers of uh, Native American history were not even Native American descent they were either British or even Japanese or something and so uh, I did something um, all these writers workshops they never ever do I I called this publisher cold and introduced myself and said I'm of Native American descent I would like to write some of your Native American uh, history uh, historical book series and it was a brand new idea but we we're, you know, we're still after almost 20 years working together and um the Comanche comes out through Chelsea House next year so that's uh book number 9 for me and but sometimes you really have to just kind of not be afraid to hear no because you know it's like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz well you're no worse off than you are now so um one of my favorite movies but <laughs> um as far as publicity also I'm I'm with Denny I'm I I think you do better reading your work. People are more, but they feel like they have a connection to you than it, if you're just sitting at a table in a bookstore. And um, that's a, I do that, but it's a bit awkward for me. I mean, I I don't have a problem talking to people, obviously, but to just sit there and not have any kind of venue like where I can read things. But uh, something else I I do is I look for alternative settings in which to have my signings, for example, growing season, since the it has an aviation theme, I have done really well at, um, I have book signings and readings at fly-ins, you know, at airports instead of bookstores, so uh, when you think about it, you're competing with every other book in that bookstore, right. and so you have to do something unique, read to the people, uh, make some kind of contact with them, um, and um, and if possible, like Denny make some kind of relationships with people who will ultimately help you uh, do reviews and things like that. And, of course, you'll help them too. So, like you said, it's, a, it's kind of like a um, literary Good Samaritan, <laughs> for lack of a better sure. term. But uh, it does, uh, he's right, what goes around comes around, and that's absolutely true. There
1: you go. I know, uh, Lou, you said you have to go very soon. Do you want to add something to that before?
3: Yeah, I'm just going to jump
0: in there before I have to mash the potatoes. Okay. You know, we're in a, it's only almost five to five here. Yeah, there are a lot of things to say here. Um, I, I'm going to recommend one book. I don't get any money from these people. I don't know them or anything, but it's called Guerrilla Marketing for Writers. Oh, oh right. It,
2: it, I use it, too.
0: Yeah, it's an excellent book that tells you a lot of ways to get free publicity and how to handle book signings. Um, he points out that, and I don't know if this is true, that the average number of books sold at a signing is four. So I mean, no, it's not 400. If, if that's true, that's kind of you know discouraging. But uh, you know, getting in touch with the bookstore a long ways ahead of time is important. And also, if you can time it, like a really good time to sell is mo- is usually Mother's Day or Father's Day, because people are in the bookstore then they're right. looking for gifts. And you know, if if you can possibly uh, you know make that timing. Also, on the subject of mentoring, um, I'm, of course, I'm in the mystery novelist profession, and we like to say that people are pretty kind in that profession. They'll they'll pass it forward whenever they can. It's, they're not competitive or cutthroat like you know perhaps some other areas of writing. But uh, I'm the vice president, the BC vice president of the Crime Writers of Canada. And one of our programs is a mentorship program. So any young members that we get who aren't writers, uh, aspiring writers they are, they can be paired off with one of our authors uh, for a month or two and submit the writing for free to them. So I've done I've done this myself the last couple of years, and it's been really rewarding. And on, on one last subject there, I guess, that's been... Uh, that's come through to me in the past couple of years Uh, I'm on Dorothy L which is a mystery author's uh, uh, daily discussion there's about 3,000 people on that and I do a lot of uh, reviews for Amazon too but I will never give a negative review to another author I mean now that I'm an author I feel that would be really a low blow Mm -hmm. it's not that I don't read bad books I just, you know, I, I won't I don't want to be as competitive like that, but if I have some young authors who've just joined, they have a new book out, I'll go out of my way to give them a review and, and a good one too. I mean, I mean, a, a thoughtful one, not just you know, this is a terrific right. book, you know, you'll love it. End of story. Yeah, and you give them a
1: paragraph or something. I more. do,
0: like, and I I spend quite a bit of time on these reviews. I do maybe about six or seven a year. And I know that sometimes they will probably pass the same thing on to somebody else, you know, in, in, in a different way maybe. Maybe, in a, as you know, somebody will get them into uh, a book signing at a store near them, or maybe they'll sign at a library. You can also speak at libraries. It's a good place to, you know, to, to spread your name around. Uh, so sooner or later, you know, the good things will come back around, and I guess that's the message I have.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. Now do you have a lot of mobsters up there on Vancouver
0: Island? <laughs> 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 well we, of have, that. we <laughs> have we have a lot we have a lot of loggers who are fighting environmentalists.
1: Oh, there's uh, bad, that's, huh? we,
0: that's what we <laughs> have up here. You know. They're trying to develop every last stitch of you know, land on the island and haul away the final toothpick of logs, as it were.
2: Sounds like but, there's like, a motive no. for murder there.
0: Uh, well uh, uh, yeah, and uh a we're mystery going to, waiting to
2: happen
1: up there
0: <laughs> well we're going we're going to host in Victoria, which is our capital city here uh on Vancouver Island. We're going to host uh Canada's big mystery conference uh in the year two thousand eleven. It's called Bloody Words, mm-hmm. so if anybody here is interesting interested to come to you know our mystery conference, uh we're a number one tourist de- destination here on the island, too. So thanks uh, very much for having me.
1: No problem, but thank
0: you. It's just really been so much fun talking to all of you in all different ends of the country. Thank you. And maybe we can do it again sometime. Sure. Okay, signing out here from the westernmost part of North America. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye,
1: Just so um, anybody who's listening, I want to make a note here. This program is 100% paper and tree-free, this is a completely clean show. Well, I don't know. He's got the power cord still running over there, but we're working on that. <laughs> hey,
2: hey, Rob. No paper. No trees were killed to make this show happen. Go ahead, John. Oh, God, my, t- my turn? Um, let's see. There's a lot of the thing. The Guerrilla Marketing uh, for uh, Writers is a great book. That, uh, there's a lot of opportunities there. The thing that I discovered uh, is... Uh, the whole marketing thing was it was a surprise, uh, not in the sense that I knew that I'd have to do it, but that I that I'd like it. Uh, right. I mean, a lot of writers are kind of shy. You know, they're very comfortable in their you know their closed-off room with just them and their computer, and uh, they're quite prolific and articulate. Uh, when it's just them in the screen, but the prospect of, you know, meeting someone else can be very scary. And, uh, you know, I'm a fairly outgoing person, and yet even for me, um, the idea of approaching a bookstore and trying to get a signing was daunting. It was awful. And, uh, and and so and I started in sort of the traditional way, you know, calling a bookstore saying, you know, uh, this is my book, I'd like to come and talk. And uh, you do get no a few times, but when you do get a yes, uh, that's when I, I started learning as I went. And so, you know, the book uh, the book uh, signing experience was interesting because I uh, I decided not to just sit there and wait to be discovered. I would hope that they would uh, the the store would put me near the front, and I'd stand there and I'd uh, make eye contact with uh, with people when they came in. I'd say you know the, the million dollar question in a bookstore is are you browsing and uh, often they'll say well yes I am and then I'll say well can I tell you about my book and and it's only at that point that they even realize that you're you know that you're actually an author I mean they they don't they don't really focus until you've actually engaged them and then you know you've been given the privilege of you know giving them your 30 second spiel about what your book is about and of course a lot of people aren't going to buy it but uh uh it's been amazing the people that I've met, the conversations that I've had and the books that I sold. And that was just the beginning. Um, And then it moved on to book talks where you, uh, I, I had a, an opportunity to speak at a, at a store, and the woman said, well, what's the name of your talk? Well, I didn't have a name for my talk, and I, and I decided, well, let's see, what am I talking about? And I came up with the title, uh, From Journalist to Novelist, or How I Learned to Stop Telling the Truth and Start Making It Up. And that's become my sort of standard talk that I've perfected over time. I can do it in 10 minutes, I can make it 40 minutes, depending on the on the venue. Um, rotary clubs, like them nice and tight, and then leave some room for answer, for question and answer. Uh, a library, you can go a little bit longer. Um, I found different, uh, different venues, churches, uh, rotary clubs. Uh, independent living facilities where you have you know a lot of older people who are uh, still really with it intellectually they 're very curious and they're you know a lot of these places are just hungry for you know people to come in and 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 share a little bit about their uh, their project. Um, these things have led to uh, teaching at uh, like american university i 've taught uh, journalism classes writing classes um, I've done some, uh, I'm going to be doing some workshops at different conferences around the country next year. Uh, Facebook has been a great marketing tool, and it's also led to uh, manuscript editing. um, So that, you know, people will say, well, I'm writing this book, would you be willing to take a look at it? Well, You know, it's 144,000 words, and uh, time is money. And so I'll say, well, sure, I'll be glad to look at it, but, uh, you know, if you're really interested, I'll be glad to look at it, and you can hire me to, you know, really give you some, you know, very critical, uh, helpful feedback. And so I'm finding that I'm probably making more money manuscript editing than I am writing, right? Really. So, but, there, but these are things – I guess the whole point I'm making is that, you know, marketing, there are so many different opportunities that you – for me, it's been a progression, an evolution. You sort of learn as you go. But the key thing is just making the connection with another writer or another reader because you write to connect. And right. getting out there to sell the book is just making – completing the circuit.
1: Well put. Well, put. we talked a little bit about the libraries. I'm going to ask one question real quick. I, want, I meant to ask it when all four of you were here. I'm just going to kind of see how honest everybody is. Has anybody ever taken their book and put it from anyone else's book at the bookstore?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but thanks for asking. Wow, that
3: was fast. <laughs> I absolutely have but more than once, and I'll do it again.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. All right, um, let's see, where were we?
3: Here's something I'd like to uh, throw in for anyone. Um, Sure. Some of my book signings, whether they're bookstores or, you know, Mass General Store, I was telling you about that, that was one in um, North Carolina for my North Carolina book. I suggested that they put a stack of my amazing North Carolina books, those particular ones, right by the checkout Mm-hmm. And invariably, I mean, I listened, I kept an ear out, and people would say, oh, what's this? Mm-hmm. And so the clerk would say, oh, well, this author is having this book signing here, and she can should be glad to, after I let you pay for it, I'll be glad to let you go back there and let her sign it for you. Mm-hmm. And so that goes really well. Just put it at the point of sale.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, But that always uh, has done well for me. And sometimes bookstores I honestly look at you a little bit funny, the bookstore people, uh, when you ask them to do that. But it It always – I have yet to sell, Knockwood only four books. Um, I went to a book signing at a restaurant, and it was a rainy Saturday with many, many football games going on. This was just a couple months ago. When I got there, I thought, if I do sell four, I will be – I'll count myself lucky because it was in another town in Magnolia Springs. I think I posted that on Cyber Village. But I sold over 41 books that day. Wow. And uh, because I had them seat me in the bar because even people who were having dinner with their children they would go into the bar to get a drink and all the football the t- you know the football games were on TV in the bar and so I had more traffic right there and
2: but you also had noise competition so how did you uh, get them to focus on you and not the game
3: and people would say, "Oh, what are you? What are you doing over here? Are you peddling books?" And I'd always say, "Well, yes." <laughs> and uh, so I they had children with them. Of course, this book was a, my children's picture book. It's a bilingual, and and um, it just went really well. It just exceeded my expectations. So um, if I ever have another signing in a restaurant, I'm going to have a spot at the bar. Nice. And uh, so anyway, just, just <laughs> You have to think differently. <laughs> Yeah,
1: absolutely. I gotta think out of the box, and and that kind of comes with the whole, you know, the whole description of somebody who writes a book like John said is is a lot of times it's somebody that would really rather not talk to people. It's somebody who would really rather communicate maybe via email, where you have a distance and you have a safety zone, mm-hmm. and you edit your stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, and make sure you say it the way you want to say it and stuff like that. But and yeah, I
2: don't want to minimize that because that's really still important to do, and with the internet, that's uh, that's a main way of doing it, but, uh, boy, the, the, the personal contact is just, uh, you know, puts, makes everything go at warp speed. It's, it gives you a real lift.
3: Oh, you're so right, John. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Um, yeah, and that's, a whole, that's like I say, you know, like, like you guys have said here, that's the whole other side of this. It's the business uh-huh. side and the marketing side and thinking out of the box, and now i got to go get another book. I don't have time to read guerrilla marketing for, what was it called, for authors, for book marketing I forget how she phrased it, but now I gotta go look that up on Amazon and find out about that. Hopefully they have it on audio cassette because I don't have time to read. It. <laughs> um, so as far as so as far as mar- so we talked a little bit about kind of writing the book, how you choose a topic, what to write about, how to do the marketing side of it, and I think also one of the things that we kind of hit on was the fact that um, you you really do. I mean you you can't like you said the Nowadays, the Internet is probably as important as as any part of it because you can try to meet 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people at a time, um, and it's just a numbers game like you guys know. Um, Everything's a numbers game, business, books, what have you. Um, And the more people you can meet more rapidly, the more you can get your word out about what it is you're doing, and it's about communicating that. Um, So as far as that goes... um, we did uh we did set up a few and um I think one of the things that we hit on too was the libraries and assist, I'll tell you, assisted living facilities. Um, John and I had set up a a fairly um fairly good sized what I call Central New York book tour and those assisted living facilities, if you can find it one thing I recommend is that if you're gonna do a, a book tour, um, if you wanna do it in this area you give me a call. But if you wanna do it, um you know, if you really want to get a lot of bang for your for your marketing dollars, some of the assisted living facilities that we contacted, that I contacted, and some of the bigger, um, you know, metro areas like Syracuse, uh, Manlius in particular, the ones that have, I don't know if you call them chains, but the ones that have kind of one, if you look on the Internet, you'll see they have like Brookdale Ass- Assisted Living is what it was called, and they have numerous ones throughout Central New York, each one had its own marketing director. So when I contacted those marketing directors, they were very ready and willing to, to bring in, you know, I mean, they really look for stuff to keep these people occupied. Um, and and like John had said, this is a group that, you know, still um, still has a disposable income, and a lot of times they'll actually – you'll go there and you'll already have the sales will be done because a lot of these people will buy the book and read it before you go, which is nice. And in addition to that, the actual um, the facility itself actually does some marketing. They spend a little bit of money to do the marketing to the families um, and to even a little bit in the community that, that they're in. Um, so the assisted living thing is is a pretty good way to, to pre-sell the books as well as... Um, Get a pretty good group of people and i even found out and i didn't know this till recently that some of the assisted living facilities have internet cafes which hmm. i don't know if oh. uh, you know how much they use them if they go empty or not but i mean one of the things you could do is walk them right to the internet cafe after you're done and say here's a here's a link to the book and help book market and stuff like that so
3: hmm, good idea
1: kind of out of the box stuff is um <laughs> something that's usually helpful um Let's see. So, if anyone else has anything to add, um, I think I think I'm pretty much ready to to wrap it up. We've only got about 12 minutes remaining. If anyone else has anything to add about the projects you're working on or want to add your your websites uh, web addresses, I'm going to have everybody's going to be featured in Cyber Village Authors, uh, mm-hmm. who's been on the panel, and um, just want to thank everybody. It was an awesome panel. I mean, I'd love to do this again sometime in the near future. Um, and, again, if you go to Cyber Village Authors, you can look up the um, the different web addresses of everyone who is on the panel. And if you want to just do one final shout-out, um, Denny, we'll start with you. Denny, are you still there online three? I am
4: still here. Yes, thank you very much. Um, no, no problem. I'm sorry, did I step on you?
1: No, not at all. No, I was just okay. saying no problem. Thank you, too. I appreciate it. And uh, if you have any, uh, want to give out some website addresses or anything else than names of projects you're working on in, in the near future.
4: Certainly. Um, my web address is www.dennis, N as in Norman Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N, dot com. And I'm currently working, in fact, we just today set up a cruise for next November 14th called Mystery on the High Seas, a Cruise to Die For, and it's going to be uh, attracting mystery and crime authors, readers, and fans. And it's going to be a lot of networking and schmoozing, and um, uh, hopefully we'll get a good response for that. Is and, information
1: available on your website for that?
4: Uh, it will be. We just finalized it today, so we've we'll <laughs> got a flyer we're preparing now, and it should be up by the, by the weekend. Um so hopefully, uh, we'll see some of the folks there. Uh, we also, as an offshoot to my, uh, my book, The Battle for Las Vegas, The Law versus the Mob, have, uh, we're starting a show called The Mob Chronicles. And it's going to feature real life former mobsters, uh, interacting with the crowd, talking about their experiences in the, uh, in the crime arena, and, uh, it's going to debut in Las Vegas on February 11th. So we're we're real excited about that. And the offer, if of, uh, Teresa or anyone would, uh, has any questions that I could help them with regarding uh, mob information, uh, even though I concentrate primarily on the Chicago outfit, I do have uh, sources from the Gambino family in New York, the Genovese family in New York, and the Lucchese family in New York. So... Uh, I can usually get answers to questions. I wouldn't know them myself, but I do have sources if somebody's researching or whatever, and uh, and I can get some information for them. All they got to do is send me an email, and I'll do what I can to help. Okay. Awesome, Teresa.
1: Uh,
3: thank you. Um, uh, Den- Denny, or is she, I think you go by Denny, right? Yeah. Uh, my website is www.tjensen, that's j e n s e n Lacey l a c e y. dot com no dots or dashes and um, one uh, I have these mob characters in um, a southern genre murder mystery. I'm kind of thinking if if Carl hyacin had a sex change and came to Alabama, this is what his book would be. <laughs> so that is. That's what I'm coming out with. It just I, it's I work on that in my spare time. And I can't tell you the title because it's so enticing, somebody would steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. But, uh, anyway, I, I do want to get with you. To, uh, and there, I have some news on one of the Gambinos today, but I can't say it on the radio. So, um, but if you're curious, just email me. You can email me through my website, and um, I'll tell you all about it. it just happened. Uh, great,
4: here. I will do that.
3: And locally, it just happened here uh, today in Fairhope, Alabama. So, okay. Uh, Anyway, and uh, it's good to uh, talk to you too, John, and, and to hear your voice again, Rob, as always. It's just a pleasure to be on. I, I appreciate it. And all you writers out there, if somebody tells you you're a good writer, don't believe them. <laughs> if somebody tells you you're a bad writer, don't believe them. Just keep on writing. There you so go. What the, the late Alex Haley told me that. He was a neighbor of mine, and he was very encouraging uh, for many years. So um, just uh, keep on writing and keep on trying, because if you love it, It'll show, and you'll
2: you'll get out there. Nice. Good advice.
1: All right, John. And uh, last, but certainly not least, John Dedakis.
2: And let me spell that for you. The last name sure. is Greek. My dad was born over uh, near Corinth, and uh, it's a Greek last name spelled D as in dog, E, D as in dog, A, K, I, S, Didakis. It's actually not as complicated as it might sound. And uh, my website is www.john, J O H N D D A K S, D E D A K S dot com, all one word except for the dot there. Um, there are a couple of ways you can reach me, but uh, the website is probably the most efficient. I'm on Amazon as well. I'm working, or my uh, second book, Bluff, uh, is based on my hike along the Inca Trail to Machu Picchu in uh, Peru and uh it's a sequel to the first book so lark chadwick is uh it's a it's a it's a mystery series and she continues uh in that one that should be coming out in a few months uh you can reach me also on authorsden.com a u t h o r s den.com it's an author, it's a writers website uh where we write poems short stories um uh, articles, things like that. So if you go there and look me up, you'll see some of my other writing. I'm on Facebook. That's a, a wonderful way. It's a very dynamic way to connect with people and, uh, and email as well. And you can reach me on, uh, by email through my, uh, through my website. Um, I, I would uh, Rob, thank you very much for this opportunity. Yeah. It's a great, uh, great way to reach people.
1: Yeah, I, I, like I said, it was a great panel. I'm I'm glad that everyone could participate, and um, I hope to be able to do it again sometime.
3: And I hope um, to meet you guys in person sometime soon. Let's hope. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will feature everybody who's been part of the panel, and they'll stay up for I don't know how long. So in, perpetuity. Panel,
2: in perpetuity. In
1: <laughs> perpetuity. There you go. Uh, yes. <laughs> so um, that's another way is to go to authors.cybervillage.com. Uh, if you forgot any of the web addresses or our contact information, you can find all these folks there. And um just want to remind everybody, we've just got a few minutes left here. One of the things that we're doing here on what I call Cyber Village Spotlight, brought to you in part by Life and Homes Magazine up here in Central New York. Um, one of the things that we do here is we just try to analyze things. My background is analyzing things, which started with computers that were broken, <laughs> of course. Uh, so I was a geek from way back And um, I do like to analyze things I like to talk to authors Who've already been authors I'm a kind of an author I publish articles And I write for Life and Homes And I, I, in a way Maybe I do this kind of for myself as well Because I like to learn from people Who've been there and done things And, and whatnot um, But I do, I like to analyze Whether it's an author And again, I, I kind of look at it As a self-promoter If you're a self-promoter you have to whether you're you're promoting a book or even if you're a salesperson working at a company, if you can't promote yourself and put yourself out there to people, and take a risk like that, then there's probably some other line of work for you. Let's put it that way. I don't mean to sound negative, but <laughs> self promotion is very critical in this in this stuff. And, and and sure, you know, every once in a while you're going to have the person that kind of that go that doesn't do all the self promotion, and and they have a you know. Um, a way or a connection or somebody finds them and not saying that doesn't happen. I'm not going to discourage people who say, well, I'm just going to write so well that somebody's going to find it. I'm not saying that'll never happen. I'm just saying that no matter what you're doing out there in the world, there's some degree of self-promotion. If you can't promote yourself, it's harder to sell things. And yeah. Most people who I know who sold anything in the world, books, what have you, um, on some level they promote themselves as like the expert first and foremost. Like, I know most of the people on this panel um, have some some degree of speaking about the topic it is that they write about. So you gotta you gotta kind of write your speech while you're writing the book because it's almost as important how you pitch it. John mentioned that 30 seconds you might want to call it an elevator pitch, whatever you want to call it. Again, I tie a lot of things in. It could be business, but it could be an entrepreneur, people who self promote who become Famous entrepreneurs. Everybody who's really made it on this kind of level has had to do some self-marketing and guerrilla marketing, if you will. I don't know. If, um, I don't know. Uh, well, and they clearly have that trademark, so I'm going to say that's not my word or anyone on this Joe's word, but it is about marketing, and the whole game is self-promotion. And so I like to analyze people who have that ability, and that's kind of where we'll end it. I'll let everybody go. There's two minutes remaining, and Thanks again, everybody, for your time. It was an awesome panel. I hope to do it again.
2: Thanks, Rob. It was a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. All right. It was good talking to you guys and listening to you. Right. It was great. Okay. Y'all Thanks. have, everybody, have a happy Thanksgiving.
2: Thanks. Same to you. Well,
3: Thank you.
4: Thanks very much. It was a pleasure meeting you, uh, John and Teresa. Okay.
2: Same here.
3: Okay. Good night. I'll see you Thanks,
0: everybody. Good bye. night.
3: Okay. Good night.
0: bye